Perhaps the most exciting round one game of last year's NCAA tournament was between FAU and Memphis, now rivals in the new look American Athletic Conference. Who is going to get the crown in year one? You are Locked On College Basketball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, folks? Happy Monday. Welcome into the Locked On College Basketball Podcast, a five times per week national college hoop show part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are your co-hosts. I'm Andy Patton. He is Isaac Shade. What up? Before we get in to our American Athletic Conference preview, part of our conference preview series, I want to read a really fun fact that we learned. Uh, This was courtesy of my friend here, Mr. Shade, shared this with me, and we got to talk about this briefly because Duke, Kansas, Kentucky, North Carolina, UCLA – None of them are part of the American Athletic Conference. They are not. They, they are, are not. considered the true basketball blue bloods. And I don't want to get into a whole blue blood discussion. <laughs> that can be for another time. I know that is a, a topic with a lot of vitriol behind it. But the AP football poll started in 1936. And this week is the first time that all five of those schools have been ranked at the same time. That is a that's almost 100 years. Yeah. That is an insane stat. All these schools, clearly football schools now, obviously none of them are going to have much success on the basketball court this year. Sorry to the Tar Hero and Blue Devil fans out there, but what a fun fact for those schools to finally be showing some, at the same time, I guess, showing some real promise on the gridiron. Just hashtag football schools. Let's uh, let's <laughs> wipe, wipe away the blue bloods and start over with the new bloods, UConn and Gonzaga and all of those schools. That's right. And uh, we'll see what happens. People are screaming at us right now, Andy, for this blue blood competition. <laughs> I love it. No, seriously, it's so cool to see our basketball like top dogs doing it on the gridiron. Way yeah. to go. It's fun. It's fun. I, I'm I'm a, I'm a fan. Even if John Calipari doesn't want to consider Kentucky a football school, which he adamantly does <laughs> I not. Forgot about that last time. <laughs> they are a football <laughs> school right now. All right, let's get into this American Athletic Conference because uh, more than maybe any other conference in college basketball, the storylines, the just kind of updates on this conference are just tremendous. So much change, multiple coaching changes. We'll get into that, but obviously the big storyline is. Three schools out the door, six schools coming into the conference, one school who's going to be out the door next year. Uh, We'll get you caught up here real quick. Of course, the conference is losing Houston, who has moved to the Big 12. All three of these schools have moved to the Big 12, Cincinnati and Central Florida. Houston, of course, being the the big loss from a men's basketball perspective. Uh, They're all going to the Big 12. And then you have... Uh, Six schools coming in. That is FAU, of course, who went to the Final Four last year. We'll talk plenty about them. UAB and North Texas, who played each other in the NIT Championship last year. Uh, North Carolina Charlotte, who won the CBI last year. You're also adding Rice and UT San Antonio. Those are your newcomers. They're joining an existing conference that includes East Carolina, Memphis, South Florida, SMU, who is going to be out the door after this season as they are going to join the AAC, Temple, Tulane. No, no, they're in the AAC. They're going to the ACC. Forgive me. (laughs) I'm sorry. They're joining the conference with Stanford, which is, of course, the ACC, as we all would have completely (laughs) expected. So hopefully everybody's caught up now on the American conference, which – is, is going through a whole significant amount of changes. Uh, and I think the main kind of question is this has 
predominantly been one of the very best non-Power 6 conferences in college basketball. Last year, they were eighth. Uh, They're almost always in the top 10. Of course, Houston has really carried that in a big way. But now, you know, again, you lose some some big players in, in Houston and Cincinnati and Central Florida, but you're gaining, again, a Final Four team, two NIT champion teams. Like, you're gaining some really good programs. So, Isaac, do you still envision this being – uh, you know, a conference kind of ranked in that seven to 10 range among like the best college basketball conferences in the country. I, you know, I wish I could get a look at Ken Palm's algorithm so that I could figure out the answer to that. Uh, you know, how it, whether it's more about depth or top end mm-hmm. stuff, I, my blush, my blink, I'm a big Malcolm Gladwell fan. My blink mm-hmm. answer is no. I, I think yeah. they take a little bit of a step back because as you said, obviously they get in, and FAU and these schools that were in the other postseason tournaments. But, man, uh, losing Houston is just a massive giant out the door. Mm -hmm. Kelvin Sampson has this thing rolling, dude, and Mm -hmm. I love it. It's awesome. But FAU, while they had a great year last year, just doesn't have that staying power yet. I hope they can get it, man. And I think they can under Dusty May, and we expect them to this year. But clearly the biggest longstanding name now in the conference is Memphis. And um, Penny has them operating at a – I would say strong, not mm-hmm. level. Andy, is that a fair way to characterize Memphis in your opinion? I think so. Yeah, I, th- I think they're they're a good team. But if they're if they're always consistently the best team in this conference, then I think you're probably not looking at a conference that's going to be at that same level. They needed yeah. that yin and yang with Houston, and and I think FAU can probably be that team eventually, but. We're also talking about some of the teams that are probably going to be the best in this conference, even this season, FAU, potentially North Texas, potentially UAB. Like They're also making a jump to a different conference. And while I think the talent level isn't like this huge, massive leap for them, anytime you join a new conference, you tend to struggle. You struggle because you're you're traveling to different places. You're staying in different hotels. You're dealing with different officials. You're dealing with different opposing fans. Like there are so many things that going to joining a new conference. And of course, you know, for these schools, for FAU and the, the other newcomers, they're also going to play about half their regular season games against teams they are familiar with. That's so true. at least USA, they have yeah. a bit of an advantage there. But to me, I think that some of the, the, the odds of those new schools fully replicating the losses, especially of Houston, but even of, of Cincinnati and UCF as well, I, I think it's probably a bit of a dip, although I think long-term, can this conference be consistently, you know, seven, eight, nine uh, in the country? Yes, I think so. I'm not sure they'll be there right this year, but this is still a really dang good basketball conference. I'd, I'd love to see Wichita State get back to what they were Absolutely. under Greg Marshall. Uh, obviously, they've taken a little bit of a dip. Mm-hmm. Since then, but man, they were rolling those teams in like the early 2010s with yeah. like Clay Anthony early. Man, though, mm-hmm. they got screwed. I love that you shouted out Clay Anthony early. Like, I love Ron Baker and Fred Van Vliet, but no, you went with Clay Anthony early, and that he was awesome. big fan. But yes, man, Van Vliet still doing it in the league. How about yeah. that? But yeah, I mean, Andy, I I think that FAU is the team to beat this year. I mm-hmm. think you know, we'll we'll talk about them in Memphis, and as you mm-hmm. mentioned, that that head to head matchup where mm-hmm. uh. Speaking of head, I think Penny lost his head a little bit in that one. Uh, that was a little bit of a, a wacky game. But, um, you know, I think when you get this much new in terms of new coaches, new teams, yeah. and all of that, we have these two teams that I, I think we both think are going to be right at the top. Mm-hmm. But, man, there's just so much uncertainty of yeah. how this 14-team conference is going to play out. It'll be interesting. No, totally. And I think, like – 
Memphis might have five new starters, like to, to, depending on the DeAndre Williams oh, situation. Team, yeah. yeah, you're talking about a, an FAU team who, yeah, they're in a new conference, and some of those challenges I think are going to absolutely affect that team, but it's the same five guys. Like that is such, to me, when you're thinking about all this newness, like having that continuity, and I know we talk about continuity a bunch on the show, but in this particular situation, especially when your number one competition in terms of talent level in the conference is a team that, you know, is coached by, I think Penny Hardaway is a good coach, but I don't know that he's a great coach and he's going to have probably one of the most difficult seasons uh, in terms of, you know, getting his guys together and getting them playing, you know, at the top level that he's ever had. And I think that's a really good opportunity for FAU to utilize the the experience they have, the continuity they have the, uh, and and be that team, even though they are, you know, in theory, facing more challenges than than Memphis might be. I think that's a good spot for them. Well, it's tough with Memphis because they've got still some roster uncertainty for yeah, even now reasons. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, if if we're looking at a backcourt of Javon Quinterly and Caleb Mills coming from FSU, mm-hmm. I love that backcourt matchup with them and FAU. Thinking about John L. Davis and Elijah Martin, yeah. like, come on, dude. So Andy. We've got five new coaches in this conference, and not just because they're coming in, like five mm-hmm. that have been coaching carousel turnover, yeah. tied with the Patriot League for the most. Um, and so Charlotte, Aaron Fern comes in, promoted from within. He's the interim right now, North Texas, as Grant McCaslin is off to Texas Tech, brings in Ross Hodge, um, is promoted from within. South Florida brings in Amir Abdurrahim, who was at Kennesaw State last year. The other Owls, the Owls. in the tournament, by the way. Um, and, and Andy, as you were talking about earlier, they had a pretty competitive game against yeah. Xavier, who was a three seed last year. Mm-hmm. So, um, Temple bringing in Adam Fisher, who's been under Jay Wright and Jim Laranega and Micah Shrewsbury. So great experience for him. Mm-hmm. Wichita State bringing in Paul Mills. And if you recognize that name, he's the one that's been at, um, Oral Roberts yeah. with all, with all the great couple teams they've had their summit coach of the year last year and so uh max a smith and paul mills now gone from mm-hmm. tulsa so that's tough although actually uh paul mills will come to tulsa still because <laughs> yeah. Tulsa's in the league. Yeah. um and so andy lots lots of coaching stuff and in fact of the 14 schools in this conference eight of these coaches are within their first two years at this school um, no, no coach has been longer tenured than Steve Henson at UT San Antonio. And he's only been there 16, 17, no <laughs> decade long tenured coaches in this conference. Yep. For me, that that's even more fuel to the, the continuity that FAU has with Dusty May with that starting five. Like I know we'll talk about it more coming up here momentarily, but to me, a conference with a lot of new coaches, with a lot of new teams and new conferences, that continuity means even more. Well, Andy and I are just crazy enough that even with all that, craziness we're going to try to figure out how to put these teams in tiers and who's going to walk away as the regular season champion and the conference tournament champion bound to go morbidly wrong but we're going to do it anyway (laughs) but first i need to tell you that this episode of locked on college basketball is brought to you by athletic brewing in fact it's time now for your game changer of the week brought to you by our friends at athletic brewing company and you know who it is andy it's my man mario cristobal down at miami not taking a knee and losing to Georgia Tech on the gridiron. Obviously, we jest and we kid, but boy, uh, by definition, game changer of the week. (laughs) He he does it, man. (laughs) Athletic brewing, just like Mario Cristobal, has completely changed the (laughs) non-alcoholic beer game. They make non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good. 
full flavor, well-crafted, just like a full-strength beer. You can find Athletic Brewing Company's non-alcoholic brews at a store near you or buy online at athleticbrewing.com. First-time customers can use code LOCKEDON to get 15% off your first online order. That's code LOCKEDON at checkout for 15% off at athleticbrewing.com. Near beer. Exclusions apply. Athletic Brewing Company fit for all times. Andy, coming up this weekend on Friday from 11 a.m. to noon Eastern is Locked On College Football Kickoff Live, where we'll try to figure out if those same Miami Hurricanes <laughs> can get back on track, heading to Chapel Hill to take on the undefeated Tar Heels. Going to be a great weekend, more college football. Make sure you get prepared for it all Friday from 11 a.m. to noon Eastern on every Locked On YouTube college channel. All right, Andy, let's divide these 14 teams of the American Athletic Conference into tiers. And then we'll give our picks for dark horses and, and champs and all that kind of stuff. Andy, I, I went through and did this for mm -hmm. us. And so I'm going to give you my tiers and just see where I'm right, where I'm wrong. Uh, and then everyone else will let us know as well. But you can be the first to uh, <laughs> shoot arrows in my direction. I've actually broken this into six tiers. I struggled with it. But part of it is because, as we've been talking about, I, I've got FAU and Memphis right there in Tier 1 at the top with nobody there with them. But then I did something wacky after that. I put Tulane alone in Tier 2. I just feel like they're not up there with um, FAU and Memphis, but they are, to me, a notch above UAB and Wichita State and others, which is who I have in the third tier. UAB, Wichita State. Uh, fourth tier, SMU and North Texas. I might be a little bit too low on them. Eh, we'll see. Fifth tier, ECU, East Carolina, Temple, um, USF, South Florida, and Rice. And then rounding out the bottom, this is honestly, it's like the bookends where I feel most confident, Andy, unfortunately, uh, at the bottom end here. But Charlotte, Tulsa, and UT San Antonio. Yeah, you, you kind of touched on the one thing that I think I would probably change, which is okay. just bumping up North Texas. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I agree. FAU Memphis need to be, I think, on their own. Um, I think I think you could make an argument for for maybe UAB to be with Tulane, but I'm honestly, I, I, I don't have a big issue with that. I think Tulane is a little bit separate uh, just in terms of where they're at right now. I think that they are definitely third in terms of like preseason projections and kind of where I expect them to be, but I think they're fairly healthily in that third spot. So I'm good with them being tier two, but I think for me, I'd probably have UAB North Texas in the same tier. They're both teams that, you know, play each other in that championship, both lost a lot of talent. Obviously North Texas loses their coach, which is a significant kind of and development great for them. Great uh, yeah. Great coach, Tyler Perry out the door, but again, UAB loses Jelly Walker and a handful of key pieces as well. They keep Eric Gaines. I think that they are probably better but I don't. I think that they could probably be in the same tier, and I think Wichita State being in there is fine. So for me, I would probably move North Texas to tier three, which would leave tier four with just SMU. I <laughs> might let's I might toss Rice in there just to make it a, a little bit different. <laughs> um, but honestly, that's kind of that. There's not a huge difference for me. And other than that, I think tier six, tier five are fine. Again, maybe move Rice up to replace North Texas, but. 
Uh, otherwise, I, I, I think that's a pretty solid list. Charlotte was, you know, a team that, that had some postseason success last year, but, uh, you know, lost a fair amount of talent, new coach. And I think they have a lot to prove moving into a new conference, a team that maybe if they, you know, if they finish in the middle half of, of this conference, uh, middle area, I think they could be a team that, that moves up as well. Yeah. And, you know, it makes me think, too, as, as I you talk about North Texas, it makes me think about Wichita State. And if you almost just flip flop them, not that you yeah. can't have more teams in tier three. but Right. Yeah, um, I think that's fair to, to do as well, because Wichita State hasn't quite you know, I, a lot of history, recent history, but not a lot of super recent history with that team. Yeah. And the recent history is not as clear. Anthony Correct. Early. <laughs> Boom. I apologize for my terrible. Okay. I don't think Clay Anthony Early expected to get men- mentioned in any college basketball podcast this year at all. And now we've done it multiple times. Boom. Here we are. That's twice. Uh, come on with that Ron Baker and with that Van Vliet. I love it. Um, Andy, uh, favorites. I don't think we need to hit on this anymore. FAU and Memphis. Um, mm-hmm. We'll get to our picks for, for where they each land here in mm-hmm. just a second. But any any dark horses coming out of that? I mean, is let me ask you this: FAU Memphis versus the rest of the field of this conference for the conference regular season title. Yeah, it's. I think it's rare outside of like, uh, well, the WCC, I, I guess, to have where I wouldn't take the field versus like the top two teams. But uh, I think I'd probably take. FAU and Memphis versus the field. I feel pretty strongly that one of those two teams is going to win. And, and we talked about it with Memphis a little bit. There's certainly some uh, concern about their roster right now and, and even availability of certain guys. Are they going to have Mikey Williams? Are they going to have uh, DeAndre Williams? Like what, what is that going to look like for them? But um, I think those are the two most talented teams and I think they're two well-coached teams. And I think they're probably going to be the teams that finish one and two, but if somebody else were to win, uh, and again, we just had the tears conversation, so it's probably not a shock, but we would go with <laughs> Tulane here. I, I think Tulane, uh, the loss of Jalen Cook is is pretty tough. He averaged about 20 points, about five assists last year, uh, one of the best scoring guards in the entire country and certainly one of the best in the conference. Um, so that's a tough loss for them. They do keep uh, Jalen Forbes, who was fantastic right. last year. Right. I think he's going to be fantastic again this year. I'm intrigued by the addition of Colby King coming over from St. John's and that mass exodus of, of players. I think he could be a guy who who steps into a decent role for this team. So I, I think Asher Woods as well, a guy who transferred from VMI. Very, very productive there, 14 points per game. Um, so I think that they have some pieces. I think that they're a decently or that they're a solidly well-coached team as well and by Ron Hunter. So I think that this is a team that could make some noise and probably finishes third. Could they win? A, could they maybe upset one of these teams in the conference tournament? Absolutely. Could they win the conference tournament and steal a bid? Yeah, totally. But regular season, I would probably expect one of the other two teams to win. it. And that's why I specifically said regular mm-hmm. season as opposed to conference tournament is because it felt like that was the more, uh, but listen, mm-hmm. Never will it leave my head the image of Ron Hunter falling mm. off his little stroller thing when oh, his son hit that. Sh- <laughs> yeah, that was fantastic. Gosh, man, uh, at Georgia State, just what a great moment that was. But yeah, now down at Tulane eating some beignets, and that <laughs> makes me really hungry. Andy, let's go with our regular season and conference tournament mm-hmm. chance. Uh, anybody outside of Memphis or FAU that you picked for either of these two? No, I went with, I actually did go with Memphis in the regular season. And I know it's a little bit contradictory to the continuity conversation we were having earlier, but I, I do think that Memphis, if, if, especially if the pieces come together for them, 
I think that the talent level is really, really strong. And I think familiarity with the league might lead to them doing a little bit better. I think it's going to be like a one within a one or two game race between those two teams, between Memphis and FAU. But give me Memphis in the regular season. Yeah, I, I struggled with that as well. And I think it's because of that if that you said that I still went with FAU for the regular season. Um, because I do, th- I, I'm with you that if, if, that's where it keeps going. Mm-hmm. If this talent comes together for Penny, it can absolutely be yeah. the better team. And I think is the more talent, raw talented team. Mm-hmm. But if I just take all that out and just say team, mm-hmm. what I'm looking at already right now, it's FAU. So I've got them for the regular season. Yeah, and, and I, I have them for the conference tournament for some of the reasons that we kind of touched on a little bit already. I think maybe FAU's adjustment into the league, maybe it causes them to drop a game or two that they weren't expecting. Maybe they drop a game to Tulane where Memphis sweeps Tulane, and maybe that's the difference in the league. Like those kind of things I think could happen. But by the time we get to March, by the time we get to, I mean, this is when FAU thrives. Like Dusty May doesn't lose games in March. Like we know that. And I think that this team is going to, again, with that continuity, with that experience, uh, with more familiarity in the conference, how it works, I think they're going to take the conference tournament championship. So I think FAU, uh, maybe they don't win the regular season. Maybe Memphis sneaks a game over them. But I think that FAU is the team that's going to take home that. Uh, I don't think they'll need that automatic bid, but I think they're going to be the team that gets it out of the American. Well, I'm right with you on the tournament, but Andy, you're dead wrong about the regular season. FAU is going to sweep this thing, taking home both the regular season and conference tournament crown. Well, speaking of being dead wrong, let's see how we do on our first team predictions. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about our player of the year, coach of the year, transfer of the year, all sorts of different award predictions for the American Athletic Conference coming up after a word from today's sponsor, eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. That's what brings home the winning trophy, and it's also what helps keep your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay's guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or you get your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices that you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your car alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply, and eBay's guaranteed fit is only available to U.S. customers. All right, Isaac, it's time. Let's take a look at our predictions here for the for the American Conference, for our first teamers, we're also going to talk about some of those player and team awards at the end here. And Isaac, I'm going to let you kick it off here, talking about your five-team first team for the American Athletic Conference. Okay, Andy. Uh, as as I think I've said before, I have, in all these conference things, uh, made a rule for myself that I can only have one player from mm-hmm. each team or else I really struggled because I wanted to have both John L. Davis and Elijah Martin on this team from FAU, but I had to limit myself to one. So I went with John L. Davis. I think uh, there's just more specific way. Like I think Elijah Martin is the better athlete and does more like, Oh, kind of things like there's just those jaw dropping electric moments. But I think John L. Davis probably has the um, bigger all around impact as like the, the dude for FAU. So I went with him um, next, I've got Max Fiedler at Rice, just a big man senior. I think 
he is going to, you know, like Rice again, we had them projected down mm-hmm. our uh, our tiers list a good bit, but man, there's just so much that he does so well that I had trouble not like trouble keeping him off of this list. And then uh, you talked about this guy earlier, but obviously UAB loses Jelly Walker, one of the best names ever. But that means, Andy, that where we had had kind of this Eric Gaines, Jelly Walker, Batman Mm -hmm. and Robin thing, now it's Eric Gaines' turn, right? And I think he just takes that, I don't know, bull by the horns and whatever kind of thing you want to say. And uh, just all that experience from LSU and everything he had there and uh, now turns into just an absolute dude down Mm -hmm. there. In Birmingham, uh, you mentioned Jalen Forbes earlier at Tulane. I've got him on my first team as well. And then rounding it out, this is a guy that really loved last year at Alabama. I loved what they looked like as a team when he took over the starting guard duties, and that's Javon Quinterly, who mm-hmm. moved over to Memphis. Again, if the pieces come together for Memphis, it could be a really, really good team. And I think a big part of that is Javon Quinterly bringing everyone together. He's not going to be Kendrick Davis, Andy. Like, I don't mm-hmm. think either of us have any. Uh, are under any delusions that he will be. But there are some similar things that I see that Javon Quinterly does to Kendrick David. Like he's not going to get to the free throw line as much, stuff like that. But the way he can bring a team together and be a true point guard, I, I really think is going to help Penny do things. And what Penny can help Javon step mm-hmm. into even more, I think is going to be really good. So that's my five guys. John L. Davis, Max Fiedler, Eric Gaines, Jalen Forbes, and Javon Quinterly. What about you? I'm kind of surprised we went 25 minutes into a podcast about the American Athletic Conference without talking about Javon Quinterly, because I think that's such an intriguing and exciting addition for Memphis. And yeah, he's not Kendrick Davis, but I am excited to see what he does. And he is one of four players on your list. That's also on mine. Four out of five were the same here. Yeah, I had Javon Quinterly, uh, Eric Gaines from UAB, as you mentioned, uh, John L. Davis. And I did not pick Elijah Martin as my other one. I did think about it. I haven't been putting myself under those same rules necessarily, but uh, I left Martin off. I had John L. Davis, Jalen Forbes, uh, again, Gaines and Quinterly. And then my one newcomer, instead of Max Fiedler, I had Zurich Phelps from Mm, SMU, from the Mustangs. Dude averaged 17 and a half points per game last year as a breakout sophomore, I think. Uh, Similar production for SMU this year, or even a slight uptick in production could put him uh, squarely in that conversation as a first-teamer for the Stangs. All right, Isaac, let's talk player of the year uh, because I I ended up sticking with the guy that I listed first on my list here, a guy that I think is going to have a hard – he's going to have to replace a 20-point-per-game scorer in Jalen Cook at Tulane, and that's Jalen Forbes. And for me, Forbes the guy three straight years where he's averaged over 16 points per game. Last year that was up to 18.5, and he averaged 18.5 points per game playing alongside a guard who averaged 20. You don't see that all that often, and I think – for Forbes as a player who has continued to improve his scoring output, who is now entering his senior year, who now doesn't have a guy and cook next to him, that that could increase the pressure opposing defenses can put on him, which is certainly a factor, but he's also going to get a lot more shot attempts. And for me, I think we're looking at a guy who's going to drop 20 a game. And if Tulane does finish third or does make a push for, for second in that conference, I think he's the one who takes on that trophy. Well, it's funny, Andy, because I, I kind of had these same thoughts. It, in fact, it came down to Forbes and the person I actually chose for mm-hmm. mine, but it's another person who I talked about steps up after yeah. uh, another superstar leaves. So I'm going with Eric Gaines. Obviously, Jelly Walker, we talked about, had 20 and 22 points each of the past two years at mm-hmm. UAB. 
Last year, Gaines at UAB had 11 and a half. The year before that, he averaged nine a game at LSU. So mm-hmm. I just think he takes almost like probably doubles that scoring production this year. I really wouldn't be surprised to see him get into that uh, 20 point per game range. I'm going with Eric Gaines. Either of these guys, I think, is a is a, a very worthy recipient of the player of the year. Andy, what about coach of the year for you? Yeah, I'm going with Dusty May. Uh, again, I, I think uh, they kind of have those expectations. They arguably have the expectation where anything other than finishing first would be a disappointment. Um, I also think that there's a very, very good chance they do finish first. But even if they finish second, I think Dusty May is going to win. I, unless Memphis beats him by like three games or something like that. I really do think that that Dusty May, he's a fantastic coach. He proved it last year. It's a bit of kind of maybe a legacy award of sorts. Uh, but if he moves into this conference and finishes in the top two, I think Dusty May takes it. I'm right with you there. Welcome to the conference. Congratulations. Now, Andy, transfer of the year. There was a transfer we both had on our first Mm -hmm. team. And so, like, we've both got Javon Quinterly as our transfer of the year. But I moved past him because you had mentioned an Mm -hmm. honorable mention transfer that that you were thinking about. Mm -hmm. And it's somebody that I almost went with. So I'd love for you to just share that honorable mention with everyone. Yeah, it's it's Bobby Pettiford, uh, who's coming over from Kansas. He's going to East Carolina and 2.2 points per game at Kansas last year. So it would take a pretty significant jump in terms of production for him to be in this conversation, especially against Quinterly. But uh, he played all 32 games and anybody who actually who Bill Self plays every night is probably worth a pretty good amount in a conference like the American at a school like East Carolina. Bill Self, he likes to keep those rotations pretty tight. And I think for Pettiford to to be moving on to a school like this to get a, a much bigger role a much bigger opportunity. Uh, I, I, you know, I'm still leaning Quinterly, and I think it would take a lot to take that award away from Quinterly. But, uh, you know, if, if something happens where Quinterly doesn't play all that much or his minutes are down and, and Pettiford comes in and averages 15 a game, I think that's all very plausible, and I wouldn't be shocked to see him uh, in this conversation. Yep. Kansas bottom three in the country last year in bench usage, by the way. So Andy is dead on with that. Andy, let's quickly go through our freshman of the year picks. Why don't you start? Yeah, I had Keanu Dawes from Rice. Uh, again, I, the Mikey Williams of it all is, is a big kind of question mark in terms of what freshmen are going to be immediately productive uh, for Memphis and really for a lot of the, the teams in this conference. But uh, I think that I think that Dawes is going to play right away for Rice. He's a six foot nine power forward. He's a four star. They don't get a whole ton of four stars at Rice. Uh, I think there's a chance that he's a guy who who maybe he doesn't start, but I think he could be a sixth man for them, play big minutes, uh, you know, play around the rim, alter some shots. And I think that might be enough for him, again, depending on Williams's his situation, uh, to be the guy who takes on that freshman of the year award for the conference. Same, man. I, it's clearly Mikey Williams if he plays. I don't mm-hmm. see it happening, Andy, if mm-hmm. I'm being honest. So yeah. I actually went with Zion Stanford suiting mm-hmm. up for Temple this year. Um, I, you know, I don't project him as a starter, but somebody that uh, is going to be able to do a lot for mm-hmm. Temple and uh, should get some good minutes. There's a couple other freshmen at Memphis, J.J. Taylor and Carl Sharon Font that mm-hmm. could uh, be in this conversation as well. Mm-hmm. Well, let's close it out, Isaac, with the last thing we always do on this show, which is just the uh, who's go- how many teams are going to make the tournament? And we've always set the over-under. And for this conference, we're setting the over-under at two and a half. So whether it's going to be just <laughs> two or whether a third team is going to sneak in, that's basically the conversation. I'll start with you. Who do you, who do you think is going to make the tournament this year out of this conference? The only way I see it hitting the over is if, like, I don't think it, there's any other at-larges outside of Memphis and FAU. So it's going to, mm-hmm. to me, it's going to have to be, a, like you were talking about earlier, Tulane being mm-hmm. a bit beef. I, I just don't see 
somebody rising up to knock off both of these teams. And so, yeah, I've just got the two of them. I'm hitting the under right at two. Yeah, I'm hitting the under as well. And I think I do think that if UAB or or, or Tulane or somebody like that wins the conference uh, tournament and, you know, I think there's a chance that all three make it. I don't think that Memphis or FAU would get bounced necessarily. I do think that would be a bid steal situation. I could see a situation where like, Memphis, you know, is 35th in Ken Palm. They lose in the semifinals of the tournament. Maybe they are all of a sudden a, a play in, a, you know, 11 seed type situation. But I do think that unless somebody wins it, you're going to get two. And uh, if somebody does win it, maybe you get three, but it's probably going to be two. Folks, we are four weeks, four weeks to the day away from tipping off the season. Absolutely cannot wait. Just got a couple more weeks of these previews. Thanks so much for tuning in with us to kick off. A brand new week, you everydayers. We love to have you with us all the time. You can follow Andy on Twitter at Andy Patton CBB. You can follow me at Isaac Shade or the show at Locked On CBB. Please don't forget to subscribe to the show, smash the like button, and leave comments on your thoughts on this year's American Athletic Conference. As always, apologies to the lawyer family. Let's go, Wildcats! But until tomorrow, peace.